Warning, this episode contains content that may be disturbing to some viewers. Viewer discretion is advised. Dolls have the potential to be a child's very first best friend, but is there something more than stuffing plastic or porcelain lingering behind those glazed, emotionless eyes? Could the doll you hold so close while you dream be your worst nightmare? Imagine you're about to go to bed, you pull back the sheets, and you're just ready to set yourself down, when all of a sudden you hear a faint crying, a baby crying, and it's coming from your basement. This was the frightening reality for an owner of Mandy, an old doll said to be around 100 years old. Her owner would keep Mandy tucked away in her basement, a place where old things often are kept. Mandy's owner would investigate the crying and usually find a window open and a breeze coming through. The owner couldn't really explain the crying until she eventually donated Mandy to a museum. Once Mandy was gone, so was the crying. But this posed an interesting situation for the museum that took her in. Employees would immediately take notice of the sudden eerie changes that swept through the workplace. Once Mandy showed up, other things began to go missing. Some co-workers would complain of lunches taken from the refrigerators and stuffed away in drawers. Some would notice that office supplies like pens would go inexplicably missing, along with photographs and other personal items. A number of visitors would comment on the doll's creepy, cracked face. Other visitors might comment on how Mandy's eyes would seem to follow you as you walked by. Eventually, Mandy was moved into an area with other dolls. This didn't last very long, however, as Mandy would get jealous. Without explanation, other dolls would be harmed if left alone with Mandy. Mandy is the main attraction at the museum, and she brings a great number of people through every year. But if you'd like to take a picture, you might just find that your camera will malfunction, as Mandy is very picky about her photographers. Mandy continues today to tempt visitors from all over to come and see if they can have a strange experience themselves. Creepy? Sure. Horrifying, not so much, but we're not done yet. Robert Eugene Otto, simply known by his nickname of Gene, was a very special boy who received a very special gift. Legend has it that voodoo had a very prominent place in Jean's young life. In the early 1900s, Jean was gifted with a doll from a Bahamian servant who, for whatever reason, was displeased with Jean's family. The doll was about the same size as Jean at the time and even looked a bit like him. Jean became attached right away. The family, unknowing of the darkness that lingered inside the doll, didn't think much of it at first. Hearing a child talk to his or her doll isn't odd in the least. Hearing the doll talk back, however, can be a bit more disconcerting. When at first they thought Gene was simply speaking in a different voice on the doll's behalf, his family soon came to realize that the doll was actually responding to their son. But they weren't the only family that began to feel a bit strange about Gene's new companion. While the family would be out of the house, neighbors often notified them upon their return that Robert the doll could be seen moving from window to window and peeking outside. And as time progressed, so did Robert's activities. 
Apart from the entire family occasionally witnessing Robert running across hallways or into different rooms, Robert did enjoy getting Gene into a bit of hot water from time to time. He would often make messes or break things. Gene would sometimes scream in the middle of the night, and when his parents rushed to see what was wrong, they'd find his room to be an absolute disaster. Gene wasted no time in pointing at his beloved companion and exclaiming, Robert did it. Gene went on to become a prominent artist and always had Robert by his side until he died in 1974. Robert had managed to scare a number of people while the house was being sold to a new family, including a plumber who was working on a toilet when he suddenly heard an eerie giggle, turned around and saw that Robert the doll could move by himself. He promptly fled the house and refused to go back inside. Eventually, a family moved into Jean's old home in 1974, and Robert found a new companion in a little girl. But the family came to suspect something was amiss when the girl would wake up her parents by screaming and claiming that Robert had tried to kill her. Despite this, his new owner kept him until she donated him to a museum in 1994. Now Robert spends most his time on display in Key West, Florida, where visitors often claim to see Robert's expression change. Much like Mandy the doll, Robert doesn't much care for electronics. Many people won't be able to take pictures or make phone calls unless they ask Robert for permission first. Near Robert's display, there are a number of apology letters posted on the walls from people who had taken pictures or made phone calls without asking Robert for permission first. They found from that point forward their lives to be a bit unlucky. must be careful in those old antique shops. It was an antique shop in 1970 where a mother who was looking for a unique gift for her daughter Donna came across a Raggedy Ann doll that seemed to be the perfect fit. Donna was about to graduate nursing school and was more than pleased with receiving the doll as a gift. Donna brought the doll with her to her apartment where she roomed with another nursing student, Angie. Donna often kept the doll on her bed where it would lie motionless for a little while anyway. Eventually, Donna would come home to find that her doll had changed positions. At first, the changes were only subtle, and she figured that perhaps someone had bumped the bed, but eventually the changes became much more pronounced. The doll would change positions completely, sometimes sitting with arms and legs crossed. Sometimes the doll wasn't even in the same room it had been left in. Perhaps it was a small prank played from one friend on another, but they came to realize that this Raggedy Ann doll was no prank at all. Eventually, Donna and Angie would return to their apartment to find the doll standing up on its own, leaning against a chair, frozen in place. The doll was full of stuffing. There was no way it could stand on its own, but there it was, almost as if it had frozen just when Donna and Angie came through the door. The girls, a bit unsettled by the activity, confided in a mutual friend named Lou. Lou was convinced the moment he laid eyes on the doll that she was evil. Despite this, Dawn and Angie decided to keep the doll. They didn't suspect anything. Sinister was afoot, but they were very, very wrong. The doll continued to get into positions by itself that no one could replicate, but a new addition to a routine came to surface when little notes began to appear around the apartment, and in child's handwriting read things such as, Help us, or Help Lou. Dawn and Angie at this point began to suspect that a friend might have obtained a copy of their apartment key and was sneaking in and setting up an elaborate prank. In order to prove this, they sent up numerous subtle little traps around the apartment. The doll still moved. The traps were never disturbed. 
Things began to shift into a creepier direction when Dawn and Angie came home one night to find that the doll had gone from the living room into Donna's bedroom. This wasn't a surprise at all at this point, but when Donna entered the room, she discovered that her beloved doll was bleeding. They contacted a medium who spun an elaborate story that a young girl named Annabelle Higgins died a long time ago in the area of their apartment and simply moved the doll around to get attention. She wanted to be loved. Donna and Angie were taken up by the story and saw no reason to cast out the doll that they now called Annabelle from their lives. That turned out to be a dreadful mistake. Lou tried to convince them to get rid of the doll, but they refused, claiming that doing so would be like abandoning a child. Annabelle didn't take kindly to Lou's distaste for her, and one night, Lou awoke in his own home from a bad dream to find Annabelle over him, strangling him while he remained paralyzed in his bed. He blacked out and woke up the next morning, convinced it wasn't a dream. Lou wasn't deterred by Annabelle's warning, however, which only led to him getting attacked once more in Donna's bedroom while Donna was out of the apartment one night. Angie was there to witness it, and upon inspection, had discovered that three large claw marks were gashed across Lou's chest. They were bleeding considerably and irradiating a great amount of heat. The three, now convinced Annabelle was sinister, came into contact with legendary demonologists Ed and Lorraine Warren, who were shocked that the girls would believe what a spiritual entity would have a medium tell them. They determined that Annabelle was not in fact haunted herself, but was a conduit between Earth and Hell. After an exorcism was performed, Ed and Lorraine weren't exactly convinced that the demon that had been playing with Annabelle was gone. They were right. So, they decided to take the doll home with them. Even on the drive home, Ed and Lorraine were forced to drive extra cautiously, as Annabelle would cause the car to swerve and stall at the most dangerous times. After more terrifying incidents involving the doll, which is claimed to have even left one person dead, Annabelle remains locked up in the Warrens Museum of the Occult. Ed Warren passed away in 2006, and Lorraine is in her 80s. She claims that though Annabelle has been unable to escape her case, she does occasionally change positions and growl at unwary visitors. So make sure to be careful where you buy your toys from. You never know when your toy might end up playing with you. In 1918, 17-year-old Aikichi Suzuki travels to Sapporo, Japan for a marine exhibition. While there, he searches for a gift to bring back to his two-year-old sister, Okiku, upon his return. Browsing the shops of the shopping district, he finds the perfect souvenir, a doll, 16 inches tall, with dark eyes and hair. He purchases the figurine, unaware of the tragedy looming in his near future. Little Okiku was delighted with her present, so much so that she even named it after herself. Okika and her doll were inseparable. Wherever she went, her beloved doll was sure to be nearby. Unfortunately, a year later, Okiku caught a cold, which quickly turned out to be a severe case of influenza. The toddler eventually succumbed to her high fever and illness, devastating the Suzuki family. They kept Okiku the doll in their household altar and prayed to it in memory of their deceased daughter. The tragedy hit the family hard, but they marched forward with their lives until one day they noticed something strange about the doll. When first purchased, the doll's hair was cut short at the shoulders with blunt ends, but now its hair extended past its chest. 
The ends ragged. Unnerved, the family trimmed the hair to its original style, but as time passed, the doll's hair once again grew. The family believed the strange phenomenon was the result of their daughter's unrested spirit residing within her precious doll. Trying to escape the tragedy, the Suzuki family moved in 1938, but they left the Okiku doll behind with priests at a nearby temple. The priests regularly trim the doll's hair, but it always grows back. The doll's hair was concluded to be human, but science has yet to explain the strange phenomenon. Today, Okiku still resides at the temple, where visitors from all over the world have traveled to see her. After the death of her sister in 2000, paranormal investigator Jane Harris was fascinated with supernatural phenomenon, specifically with haunted dolls, which is how she ended up with a doll named Peggy. Peggy's former owner claimed she suffered horrific nightmares and hallucinations caused by the doll. And even with the help of two priests, nothing could stop the barrage of emotional torment. Jane took the doll in hopes of studying it, and shortly after posting a few pictures of Peggy online, the emails came flooding in. Jane received a slew of messages from nearly 80 strangers who said the mere sight of Peggy caused a wide variety of bizarre occurrences. There were reports of computers freezing when Peggy's picture was on screen, while others experienced exploding light bulbs or a deep sense of dread and sadness when gazing upon the doll. In more extreme cases, people had brief flashes of mental institutions accompanied with migraines and all-consuming anxiety and chest pains. A British woman even had a heart attack after watching a video of the doll online. Wanting answers, Jane turned to clairvoyance, who told her the doll was possessed by a malevolent spirit, a survivor from the Holocaust who wished to do them harm. Jane herself complained of severe migraines and disturbing dreams after being around Peggy. She once tried to place a crucifix necklace over the doll, only to later find it gone. Despite requests to take Peggy to public paranormal events, Jane keeps the doll to herself for now, while she conducts her own private investigation. In 1972, Carrie Walton visited an abandoned building to conquer a childhood fear. While exploring the house, he was terrified when he came face to face with a marionette doll sitting under the porch. Sufficiently spooked, he grabbed the doll and returned home, where he tried to ignore how uneasy it made him feel. But curiosity got the better of him, and he took the doll to an antique museum, hoping to trace its origins. Museum workers concluded the nails attaching the doll's feet to its legs were over 200 years old, and based on the style of doll, they believed it came from Eastern Europe. But answers did nothing to stop the strange activity. When the doll was taken outside, it rained without warning, and picture frames fell from their places wherever the doll went. Dogs who passed by would snarl and snap at the inanimate object. People told Carrie the doll moved of its own accord and that they felt an immense sadness emanating from it. After picking it up, one visitor even thought the doll had a pulse, almost as if it were alive. Carrie, looking for answers, sought advice from psychics who told him the doll was crafted by a Romanian gypsy. The gypsy tragically lost his son in a drowning accident and he hoped his son's spirit would possess the doll and reside there so he wouldn't have to part ways. Carrie named the doll Letta Me Out, or Letta for short. 
Kerry still owns Letta and says he will continue to keep her despite the strange happenings. He feels that misfortune might befall the next owner should he ever sell or pass Letta along. If dolls could reveal to us all the things they've seen, Amelia the doll would have many tales to tell. Hailing from 19th century Italy, Amelia is one of the oldest known haunted dolls. She was gifted to King Umberto I, who ruled Italy from 1878 until his assassination in 1900. Just before his death, King Umberto allegedly passed Amelia along to his friend and the commander of his royal guard, Alvado Bellina who gave the doll to his daughter, Marie. Marie carried the doll with her through the First World War and into the Second. One day, Marie and the doll were on a train ride in Italy when a bomb exploded, destroying the railroad cars. Marie survived, but she insisted that Amelia be recovered from the rubble, as it was all she had left of her father and the former king. A woman managed to find the doll, but she died in a subsequent explosion. It is believed the spirit of the woman who sacrificed her life for the doll now resides within it. Marie loved the doll so much that she even named her daughter after it, but the doll allegedly opens and shuts its eyes and cries in the middle of the night, the spirit trapped inside calling out in despair, even though the original voice box stopped functioning decades ago. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. You can find almost anything on eBay, including allegedly haunted items for those curious about the uncanny and supernatural. And in June 2004, curiosity was exactly what led Anthony Quinta to scour the site searching for haunted collectibles. And that's when he came across a listing for a doll named Harold. The listing claimed Harold was possessed by a spirit and cursed. To Anthony, Harold seemed unremarkable in every way, but even so, he purchased the doll. The seller, however, offered Anthony his money back. She said she feared for his safety, as she believed two of her friends died in connection with encountering the doll. Anthony, who always carried a healthy dose of skepticism, shrugged off the warning and said, a deal's a deal. Immediately after Harold arrived in the mail, Anthony tested the doll's electromagnetic field, anxious to see if he would get a high reading. But there was nothing. Anthony put Harold in a box with a crucifix and bottle of holy water, just in case, before storing him away for eight years. It wasn't until 2013 that Anthony rediscovered Harold and brought him back out. He posted pictures of the doll online, hoping to creep out some of his friends, but the reaction he received was much more disturbing. Friends and strangers alike who saw the pictures came down with everything from dizzy spells to severe migraines and back pain. Those who saw Harold in person said the doll moved on its own and even changed its expression at will. Some even claimed Harold bit or grabbed them hard enough to leave behind bruises. 
Anthony took Harold to several psychics, who all concluded the doll harbored not one spirit, but several, one of which was possibly even demonic. Anthony documents all of the strange occurrences on a website dedicated entirely to Harold the Haunted Doll, and he's even been featured on an episode of Ghost Adventures. To this day, Anthony is still trying to unravel the truth behind Harold and all of the entities residing within him. The beautiful thing about art is that it tells a story, but sometimes that story can be a rather unpleasant one. Sometimes art is created on the stroke of inspiration without any thought to the possible consequences. Laura P., a successful painter, and James Kidd, a commercial photographer, met for the first time at a gallery showing in Tombstone, Arizona in the 1990s. Laura was fascinated by one of James' photographs, which had an accidental double exposure of a stagecoach, and to the left, a figure that hadn't been in either picture James had taken, the figure of a man missing his head. James said that Kodak had concluded the image hadn't been manipulated, leaving the mysterious figure unexplained. Entranced by the story, Laura asked if she could paint the picture, to which James agreed. But as Laura began working on the piece, life became a little stranger, and Laura felt a great uneasiness around the painting. But Laura wasn't alone in her discomfort. After putting the piece up in a business office, the workers claimed they would find the frame crooked every morning, despite straightening it every night, and things went strangely awry around the picture. Laura reclaimed the piece and set it against a wall in her garage, after which the roof right above developed an unfixable leak. After moving the painting, the roof stopped leaking, but the strange happenings continued. Objects were thrown from walls, and things broke without reason or explanation. One particular evening, Laura claimed she set a salt shaker on her kitchen bar and left the room, only to return and find salt spilled all over the floor, but the shaker standing upright where she'd left it. The phenomena followed her from house to house for years, and Laura, who did not have children or pets at the time, said she still doesn't believe in ghosts, but she regrets ever creating the painting for all the trouble it's caused her and those around her. Artists pour their heart and soul into their work, their blood, sweat, and tears, sometimes literally. Sean Robinson of Cumbria, England, lost his grandmother in 2010, but gained an inheritance that included several of his grandmother's possessions, including an unsettling painting titled The Anguished Man, which shows an abstract humanoid figure caught in an eternal scream. Sean's grandmother hid the painting in her attic for 25 years, believing it was the source of an evil shadow she claimed stalked her. She also maintained that the unknown artist infused his own blood Blood with the paint and killed himself immediately after finishing the piece. Being a skeptic, Sean was quick to brush off any claims of the supernatural and hung the painting in his home as a conversation piece. 
But it wasn't long until Sean, his wife, and young son felt unnerved by the painting. All three family members felt a constant weight of dread and anxiety and always saw a shadow at the corner of their eyes. At night, they heard a man crying wherever the painting was hung and doors opened on their own. Sean filmed the activity and uploaded it to YouTube, hoping someone might recognize the piece and know more about its shrouded history. But despite over 2 million views on Sean's channel, no one has come forward with more information. Skeptics argue the anguished man is simply a hoax born of Sean's imagination, citing the video's bad lighting and camera quality and the possible use of trickery to fake the activity in the videos. However, Sean remains steadfast in his conviction, and despite multiple offers to buy the painting, he says it is not for sale and that the danger far outweighs any price. Hoax or not, the Robinson family reports feeling much safer now that the painting has been locked away in their cellar, where even the dog refuses to go. Purchasing things online with the single click of a button is certainly convenient, but with convenience comes risk. In 2000, a mysterious painting labeled as Haunted appeared on eBay. It featured a young boy standing next to an eyeless doll with several disembodied hands behind a glass door. The painting itself was eerie enough, but it was the seller's ominous warning that disturbed online shoppers. The seller explained that their four-year-old daughter was terrified of the picture and claimed to see the boy and the doll arguing at night before crawling from the confines of their canvas to enter reality. Sometimes her father also claimed to see the same thing. But the seller's story didn't deter buyers. The listing accumulated over 30,000 views and was shared all across the internet before being purchased by an art gallery owner, Kim Smith, for $1,025. Kim herself didn't have any experiences, but other people claimed to have felt faint, nauseous, or just generally uneasy around the picture. Many thought that even seeing the image online had triggered disturbing events, demonic whispers, blackouts, and feelings of being controlled by an outside force. Kim tracked down the artist, painter Bill Stoneham, who said the piece, called The Hands Resist Him, represented the other lives hidden within a dream realm versus a harsh reality. Though the painting wasn't meant to be frightening, Bill did recall a strange occurrence. Chris Feingarten, who had commissioned the piece for his gallery, and Henry Seldes, an art critic who wrote an article about the painting, had both passed away within a year after the picture's first gallery showing. Since the painting's rise to internet fame, Bill has completed two commissioned sequels and says that while surprised at the response, his paintings can sometimes resonate in others, opening an inner door to something much, much darker. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow the Seriously Strange podcast so you don't miss what we've got in store for you. Watch the shadows and stay alive out there. Thanks to all of you for your support. The Seriously Strange podcast is made possible due in part to contributions made by our listeners like you. So if you would like to keep the Seriously Strange podcast online and accessible, please consider pressing the link that says support the show in the description of any podcast episode. You can then choose your preferred way to donate and send a contribution our way, because we can't do this without our listeners' support. If you decide to contribute, it's tremendously appreciated, and we thank you so much. 
We read every single message included with each contribution, so feel free to include your comments or even make a request for a future topic. Thanks for listening. We've got a lot more in store for you. Take care and enjoy your next episode.